welcome into another episode of Cyberly. We are doing our special edition of Cyberly Hits the Road. I'm your host, Blythe Brownlee, owner of Digital Dispatch. And as you can tell, I'm still in the home office, but I'm in the home office for a short amount of time before I head over to a family trip. It is the last road trip. No logistics focused interviews will be done on this trip, heading up to a little town in Georgia called Helen, which is apparently a German style village in the middle of Georgia. So heading up there to do some uh, hiking and uh, rafting and things like that. I don't know that they actually call it rafting. I think they actually call it tubing. Uh, But a big family trip, there's about 22 of us going. So I'm sure it'll be an interesting time. But let's get back to this show. And this show in particular, we're going to be talking about what makes for a successful freight agent. I was up in Charlotte, North Carolina last week in order to attend Armstrong Transport Groups. It's their sixth annual agent conference. And I was lucky enough to be invited to speak on stage along with some of you folks may know and we'll have on the show in the future is Chris Jolly, the freight coach. And we discussed about building a business in a digital world. But during that event, during that conference, which was a three-day educational event, not only for us, but for also for all of the agents that were in attendance, it was really about a learning experience and and being able to to talk with some of these agents and, and what makes for a successful agent That's the conversation that I want to center things around today because lucky enough to have three panelists come on stage, some of the top performing agents for Armstrong Transport Group, and talking about why why they ultimately made the decision to join Armstrong. Uh, Two of the panelists had been involved in a, a former agent program at a company that Uh, unfortunately closed down. And so what are the decision-making process that goes into not only joining an agent program, but if that agent program or if that company fails, what happens to you? And then how do you make that decision? And and what things are you looking for when you choose to join another program? So that's a lot of the decision-making process that we jump into in respect to this particular panel. And then later on in the show, we're going to flip the script and we're going to talk to Armstrong CEO, Brian Mann, who him and I have a little bit of a history with as we're both based in Jacksonville, Florida, or Brian was formerly based in Jacksonville, Florida, and to be able to be part of a company that also unfortunately closed down was a 3PL here in Jacksonville. But to see the trajectory of both of our careers since then is is it's sort of a fascinating discussion because that's a big selling point that Brian has is to be able to talk to a lot of these agents and say, hey, I've been there when a company closes and this is how we'll help protect you in the future. But then back to the agent side of things, what are the things that they're looking for when they join a program? Are they looking for good communication, technology, um, being part of the, the plan as the company makes their adjustments in the future and not just feel like, almost you're kind of like a driver where you're just out on the road and you don't really have that that one-on-one connection with the home office. So it's events like this that brings all of the agents together and they have a little they they have a little work educational part of things and then they have a lot of the fun aspects of things. So it was a it, it was an amazing time being able to talk to not only from the company side of things but also from the entrepreneur perspective with a lot of these different freight agents. So you're going to learn a lot of really great things from this panel. So let's go ahead and and introduce our guests. All right. Well, welcome into another edition of Cyberly Hits the Road. I'm your host, Blythe Brumley, owner of Digital Dispatch. And today we have a very special panel with us. Uh, We were located in Charlotte, North Carolina right now for the annual agent conference for Armstrong Transport Group. And these are a few of their diamond elites agents is that the right terminology did i, I say that yeah, right I, I believe so yeah <laughs> could you go ahead and introduce <laughs> right i'm sure maybe all of us have been called some some better or worse names in the past but uh, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, the name of your company and, and how long you've been in business um I, my name is rod clark uh the name of my company is rc trans uh i've been doing uh transportation brokering for over 10 years now and uh, been with Armstrong for roughly six of those, seven of those years. Nice. Uh, Pamela Mitchell, PLM Logistics, and I've been in the freight business since 1997. So I think that gives me about 24 years and I've been with Armstrong for six years. Awesome. Mm-hmm. My name is Tony Orton um, and I'm with Abound Transport. I started my career right after Y2K in 2000 
kind of waited it out before I jumped into this. And uh, about four years ago, um, we joined or started the, with the with the um, Armstrong. And so when you, I'll start with you first. Whenever you're making that decision to join an, an agent program, what kind of decision process does that look like? Are, are you looking for specific things, uh, pros, cons? Of course, probably the top of the list is you look at what the commission levels are, mm -hmm. okay? So mm -hmm. what your pay is. Uh, support staff and all of that's behind the scenes is important. Um, but one of the big factors, and actually, um, uh, I weighed three or four different companies and it narrowed it down to to two. And actually, I uh, chose to go with uh, Network FOB at the time. And uh, I was with them for three years and then they went bankrupt. Okay. Right. So that was devastating because, you know, here we are just starting out from nothing. Mm. And, and, uh, uh, or the reason we chose to go with Network FOB is they had a better software, a TMS program. And they said they're just getting ready to launch a new, okay, a new software mm -hmm. is coming out. That never occurred mm -hmm. the whole time we were with them. And uh, Armstrong was with very close second, but it was the TMS that we chose to go with the with FOB. Hmm. So that was a, a big factor. How quickly the pay and, and, and mm -hmm. the support back office support was good. And in that, I actually did interview other agents that were with Network FOB and Armstrong because that's really going away in on what the actual agent's uh, experience is like. And, and, and Pamela, I see you, you're shaking your head because you have sort of a similar history, right? I do. So um, I signed on with uh, Network FOB as well. And I was with them for six years mm -hmm. and I chose to go with them because of also their ease, their easy use of their system, um, the background, the TMS, um, the, the support that you felt uh, like initially and the communication that I had with other FOB agents that really promoted, promoted their program. Um, and it was great for a while, you know, it just, there was a lot of empty promises mm -hmm. and eventually, you know, they, they filed bankruptcy and went out of business. Mm, that's unfortunate to hear, yeah. but I mean, obviously you chose Armstrong maybe as, oh. because of the technology and because of those yes. communications. Yeah. And you know, I, I really probably should have given Armstrong more of a, a look at before I chose to go with FOB because um, their system is really easy to use and their support on all levels is like, was so much better. You know, their person to person, availability, you know, the, the fact that if I needed something, they were, they jumped on it. They were right there. Who, and who did you talk to? Was it uh, Thomas? You, um, it was Tom and Lauren and, and Lauren? Chris Cobb. They all three came okay. up to see me actually and uh, met me for, for lunch and talked to me about their program. And I was just kind of unsure, you know, it's scary to leave. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really scary right. to leave your safe environment and try to get your customers to transition over to a new company. Um, you know, so you weigh your options and you take your chance, but you know, I wish, I wish that I would have just gone with Armstrong for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what about you? It was sort of similar. I was with a company that's still there and great company. I enjoyed working with them. Um, but we did an outside agent program. Then the state of Oregon came in and said, no, you guys aren't really independent contractors. And so they mm -hmm. had no place to really bring us back into the mm -hmm. office. And we had to maintain an outside office and the commission structure was not beneficial to us being able to do both. <laughs> so at that point, I started looking around and I, I mean, you get on internet truck stop or DAT and there's always the little header on the front, you know, it's like all these different agencies. So I started looking around and I, I pulled up like 15 of them yeah. and then started making the calls and going, going through each one of them. I got it down to about three and the one that kept on coming back and I had a lot of them calling me after I made that initial contact, hey, have you made a decision yet? Do you want to come with us? Come on board. And I'm like, uh, hold on, slow down. And so there was like some high pressure on some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I came back to um, Armstrong and talked with Tom, uh, Thomas, and uh, you know, he was just, just genuine, wasn't trying to push me, and answered all my questions, and just real good to work with. And I think that personal touch was the thing that really brought me in. But then also the back, the back room, mm. you know, everybody behind the scenes, how they manage claims, mm. you know, oh, the, yeah. all those things, you know, were really important to me. And then of course, you know, the, the commission, mm. you know, that was the top of the list, you know, and so mm. they paid 75%. Um, some of the, some of the places I talked to were like, you could do 80%, but they didn't, 
you know, it was just some different things. Some about hidden it. costs, maybe. Hidden in there. costs, I think. Yeah, a little smoke and mirrors. And so anyway, I was like, yeah, Armstrong's the one. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I wound up with him. Yeah. And and between the three of you, why why choose to be an agent? Why why not just go it alone and and, and try that route? Why why choose to? I looked at it initially, and there was a seventy five thousand dollar bond, mm. and you know I pulled up an MC number, got on online, did the whole thing, and I was like, but the fact that I wouldn't have the backing, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to have a presence in the market, and at least with Armstrong, it's like right now they're kind of an eight hundred pound gorilla. You know, when, when a carrier looks at how, how soon they get paid and, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I've done work with you guys for five years. And they're like, they'll look at my load before they'll look at somebody that's not Absolutely. had that experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it really makes a big difference mm -hmm. for me, at least. Well, there's been countless times when my wife and I have had this conversation, you know, because we weighed into the F2. We do this, go out on our own. Yeah. We could do this. But from a previous company before Network of B, I was also um, in charge of claims. Okay, with claims, it's it's going yeah. quite ugly, and you can lose many customers on a single train, mm. a driver making a bad mistake, and such. And so, we had some big customers that were lost due to claims. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, when you, it, it, since I've been on this side, you know, we have one customer that has eight hundred thousand dollar credit limit. Okay, and and my wife and I, we go, oh man, can you imagine being on our own, being able to carry that? Mm. We'd have sleepless nights, mm. oh, yeah. wondering what would occur if one little claim or whatever thing. It, whatever mm -hmm. happened, COVID or whatever. Oh, yeah. Financial and break, they've yeah. always been generous in, in providing up in the credit limit. And I remember prior, smaller company, you know, it was like, mm. oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do my firstborn to get credit <laughs> increased. <laughs> right. Come on, I've got yeah. 10 loads here. I need credit. Well, you need to pay. They need to pay the back ones. Uh, they're about 28 days out, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't yeah. beat them up for money. And for sure. We don't have any of that. So it's been really refreshing mm -hmm. to just keep on increasing credit limits. And, yeah. and if you were carrying all that yourself, there's a sure. level of, 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 of a load of burden. Well, and the other thing about, you know, Armstrong, at least, is like, uh, you know, I'll set a, a new customer and it's like, oh, we're kind of hesitant to give them a little, little wiggle room on this. You, get a, you know, payment up front or credit card or something like that. And it's nice to know that, you know, they're kind of looking over your shoulder as well, too, because, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to make money. You know, right. it's like, right. oh, yeah. you know, it, also, it would definitely it would definitely cost you way more than the 20, 25% oh, yeah. to provide mm -hmm. the attorney, oh, yeah. the carrier department, the claims department, mm -hmm. the customer service, the accounts receivable, everything that they do for me to hire people in my own office to do those jobs, it would be a lot more than, than what Absolutely. their take is. And all I have to focus on is doing the sales and booking the loads and the customer service for my, for my customers. And I mean, that's the key to having a, growing your business and being a successful business is, is those things. And I love that you brought that up because that brings me to my next question that obviously that with outsourcing essentially to, to another company, they get to take care of all of the things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So now what do you, what do you get to focus on that really lights up your day? Is it that customer service aspect? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure most of the customer service, maybe not all of it, <laughs> yeah. um, but what other things can you focus on in, in your day-to-day -day job now that yeah. that time is freed up? Like even the carrier relations, like building up the relationships with the carriers that I use on a regular basis, mm -hmm. taking a little bit of, of more time to talk to them, finding out where they have trucks or where they're focusing their lanes so I can try to figure out how that's going to help me. Besides just having the free time to work with my customers, I also work that side of it as well. And it's, it's hugely beneficial when you go into truck crunches and there's no trucks available. You can call your carriers text your carriers that do the loads for you regularly and they're available. You know, you have that relationship on, on both sides. I think it's like super important. Absolutely, especially mm -hmm. from a relationship standpoint. Are, are you guys finding that now with that freed up time that you two can can also focus on that relationship building? Um, you know, it's, it's for me at least, um, it's been an interesting year. Um, we've had a reduced uh, availability. Uh, there's less mm -hmm. drivers, um, things have kind of consolidated. There's a bottleneck of freight that's out there now. So that extra time is just being used right now to try mm -hmm. to keep up and mm -hmm. you know keep keep the keep the wheels turning. So mm -hmm. and that's I think that that's an issue that most companies are are facing right now. And it, and because you brought up COVID, I, tell me a little bit about how you're operating your business today versus twelve months ago, because I'm sure it's vastly different. Well, 
having an office space. Uh, not all of us have office space, so I have to have office space. And, and so we were able to work in an office environment. We started at our home yeah. and then mm -hmm. we expanded to an office. And with that, uh, it allowed us to work from homes. And so, you know, everybody, for the most part, then, you know, you get cabin fever, you want to go get out of there. And <laughs> wife said, get out of here. You know, like, well, you work with all your family, though, too. Yeah, so I work with like, all my family. Oh, my so, gosh. And so, so it's interesting because I brought uh, two, then three guys into my living room. You know, but yeah. I had my office and we kind of sprint out my wife. So oh, she really wanted day, you out. Enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. I want my house back. I want, I want you out back. of those pajamas. And, so, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she should be here, but she's decided to stay at home. But anyway, uh, with that being said, so it's changed a lot mm -hmm. from not being in our home and then moving into our office, but where the guys have the ability to, uh, to work from home, that's a wonderful thing. And having, mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of this job overall is that you can, you know, um, work from remote. You can go mm -hmm. to Charlotte. And, yeah. you know, I, I had to do that yesterday in Lauren's office. I sat there for two hours and did work, you know, but, yeah. you know, we do have that flexibility and it is nice to, you know, be able to do that kind of thing. So, and also, I think you guys are a lot of y'all were booking freight during a lot of oh, the yeah. educational oh, yeah. <laughs> seminars oh, yeah. that were going on today. And so, so tell me a little bit about how you're balancing uh, the continuing education part versus the day-to-day -day business operations. Well, uh, okay, and, and and I think your guys' presentation when you were up here earlier was amazing because it is so true that it's it's not something I know how to do. I mean, it's just, it's not something I've had any real um, interest or knowledge in how to promote my business or promote my image, my brand. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so true that that's the world we live in now. Mm -hmm. And so to have you guys say, hey, this is, this is something that works. This is going to be the future. And, you know, with Armstrong, you know, and the, the, the heavy push for technology, mm -hmm. um, you know, those things are going to help us be better at what we do. And so, yeah, I got on LinkedIn and started doing <laughs> stuff just as I was sitting there listening to you guys. So, it was so, so you're, you're learning more about LinkedIn. And I love that you, that you tried mm -hmm. it, especially after our, after our talk with, with, with Chris Jolly on the stage and Brian yeah. Mann, who's the CEO of, of Armstrong. And so what about you two? What are you continuing education on? Or, or is it just in the in the day-to-day -day business? Well, one of the things that touches on, which I didn't answer that question as far as, um, you know, what does it add to, to us? Mm -hmm. You know, the specialty, okay, if I was out on my own, and this is one more point on that, mm -hmm. is that to invest in technology and learning mm -hmm. that, it's we have a people that are specialized in claims and, and marketing and, and all these things. And I even think of the company that I left that was with them for 15 years, they're not keeping up. And now they're becoming mm -hmm. really a smaller a smaller right. brokerage in mm -hmm. light of, of of the companies that are investing in technology. When I, says Armstrong. I loved what what Brian said, you know, he says, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm doing well at what I do, but I hire people that are smarter than me. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the whole thing come together. And, and that's that more was... valuable mm -hmm. than working out my having my own gig yeah. that I can beat on my chest and say, this is mine. Yeah. But I still feel, feel it's ours. It's mine, mm -hmm. my business. I have enough our latitude niche, to do our own thing. What we do. And, uh, yeah. and they leave us alone. You know, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I, it, they, they do just a great job of staying in touch with us and providing the tools that we need. Mm -hmm. And we can we can grasp what we want and use what they have available. And sometimes you do have to jump in there and get educated mm. on, on the technology. That well, and that's providing. what I'm looking forward to checking out is the, the platform where they're gonna have the education tools, mm -hmm. um, you know, that uh, the training. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the last guy that I brought in that I tried to get um, started off uh, under our, in our office and he utilized a lot of that. So it was helpful to him. And I think they've kind of brought that into um, something that's more usable for us. So. What about the continuing education? Are you guys building that into your workflows now? Or, or is it something that you, you, you come to some a, a conference like this and that's where you learn? It does yes. give us motivation. 100%, yeah. like, because I realized today listening to the forum that I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in my, in my way where I've built, I've built up the customers that I have and I'm maintaining it, but realizing that there's so much more out there that I could be doing to increase my volume and, you know, because I'm uneducated about it and I don't really, I mean, I use it to the point, you know, that I know how to use it, but there's so much more available. And this, this, I mean, it will be a big tool for me to be able to like really learn and 
promote myself, my business, what I can do for my customers, not just my current customers, but new ones mm. to be able to get my name out there and, and get, you know, get more Absolutely. business. And you're referring mm -hmm. to LinkedIn, right? Because I, I feel like that is the platform that either you are on it already and you are actively engaged or yeah. you're standing off and like, oh, is LinkedIn like yeah. really that? Is it really <laughs> going off like that? <laughs> I've been signed on it for, I can't even tell you probably since it started, yeah. but I thought it was more of like, you know, the only messages that I would get, I felt like were more for like dating people trying to, people yeah. trying to like, or, or other agents, like right. agent companies, like trying to pull you in. So I just ignored it. Right. And, and I don't really utilize it for, for all it could be used for. It, it's definitely gotten better. I think over mm -hmm. the last year, I think that that's where, you know, sort of the, the logistics community, they, they lost a lot of those in-person conferences. Sure. And LinkedIn became that catalyst for all these little groups to start probably, popping up. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably a bit of a catalyst from COVID too. Right. It became that platform where people met and, you know, because they weren't doing it face-to-face -face as much. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you active on LinkedIn at all? No. But you will be. <laughs> no. I'll be looking for you later. It's the advantage of having two young boys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're techie and they're all, right. all into this. Very so savvy. like. Some of the things I divide and conquer, you know, this is what I'm good at yeah. and this is what they're good Bingo. at. And so I just say, here you go, run with it. And then I'll take this and, and take care of this part of the business. <laughs> I, I love it because that's, expertise. that's yeah. where I got my start is that my boss at the time at a 3PL found out, you know, what I was doing on the side. And he said, well, why don't you do that for our company and put the, you know, the assistant in charge of, of doing all of those things. So I think that there's definitely some, some value in letting someone who is a little bit more, I guess, adaptable for mm -hmm. the new technology yeah. it's um it's one of those new uh, you know trying out new things they have the time for that right. you know mm -hmm. most of us that are that in a business yes. it's one of those things where it's like do is this valuable or not eh, I'll, I'll move on to, to something else but speaking of of in where you're going to invest your time where do you see uh how your business is going to evolve after i, I wouldn't say after covid because we're, we're still kind of in it but now that we kind of have a I guess a steadier footing compared to a year ago. <laughs> Where do you see your business? I mean, obviously you're laughing, so there's yeah. a, that, that was way off on that question. <laughs> no, just, as long as I've been in trucking, there's no norm. There's no, like, it's, there's no like you know, it's always going to be like this. Um, and yes, this last year was a was a roller coaster ride. But um, you know, to to say what it's going to be in the future, well, you know, hopefully the bottleneck will kind of break loose and we'll yeah. see more drivers get in the field and, yeah. you know, things will kind of go back to a normal, but, you know, then Can fuel... you plan in advance no. at all? Yeah. How far fuel in advance goes realistically? Up to $5 a gallon. All of a sudden it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, everything's out the window again. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you able to even set goals right now or is it incredibly challenging or you're, you're kind of just going through the motions until maybe things... Well, you, you learned, you, we learned, we all learned mm -hmm. what, what was essential and what was not essential in this world, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And, and uh, we got hit pretty hard because our businesses that we were tied to were mostly non-essential items. And mm -hmm. so the rippling effect on that has still spilling the plan out. Yeah, absolutely. And so then with that, on top of that, the, the impact on carriers, you know, the oh. dwindling effect on carriers, availability and capacity. And so when you find a truck and the rate is here where you've been accustomed to paying here in order to stay in the game, you know, you have a sense of compassion, you know, or you've been charging a customer 950 oh now gosh. you're quoting them 1750 and you feel yeah. like, man, to take, reduce some of the sting, yeah. I'm going to reduce my margin. Absolutely. And, uh, cause they finally found a truck and willing to, to cover for them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this sense of, I'm trying to hang on to all I can but yeah. it, it's at a greater you know price point that uh, customers are having a hard time swallowing mm -hmm. yeah. so you're trying to maintain their trust in in you and your pricing and what you're trying to accomplish in this i think it's something that we've all kind of done is sort of given up a part of our piece to kind of for the greater good to yeah. keep the freight moving to keep the food moving to keep the toilet paper moving mm -hmm. you know we've all sort of had to evolve and it's it's really a day-to-day -day you just, I mean, you could wake up one day and it's just totally different than it was yesterday. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's volatile and it's the, the greed that we've seen has been, it's been difficult and it's hard to explain it to the, the end customer who's paying the bill. And you know how it's going to affect the consumers in the end when they're going to buy a gallon of milk for $10, Yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's been, there is no way to really plan. And plan I think, for for, yeah, I mean, in, in my 24 years in this business, I've, I've ridden the roller coaster 
quite a few times. And I mean, there, there used to be a normal, hmm. a little bit of a normal, yeah, you know, so. spring and fall and winter. <laughs> and, you know, we, we took our vacations in the winter when it was slow right. and, you know, we knew what to expect in the spring and the summer. And, and right now it's just, it's really unpredictable. You take vacations <laughs> over <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> over Christmas when there's like two, two days. Right. And, people in the office. Right. and so, okay, last question. If you were to advise, if somebody else was looking to become an agent, what would you tell them? Or would you do anything differently as, as a piece of advice to, to get them to become an agent? Ask agents. Yeah. yeah, interview yeah. the agents of, of many the agents, many agents, agents that all different, you know, mm -hmm. different companies mm -hmm. because they really give you some insight and ask some point questions. Mm -hmm. How do you evade and some of the things that you go through? But you look mm -hmm. at this COVID one example, I have felt real confident that they are doing their analysis on credit checks. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. they reduced our credit on many of our customers, thankfully, mm -hmm. uh, because some of them, you know, some of them had to fold. And mm -hmm. I'm glad they were keeping. Paying attention to that, mm -hmm. but that is another layer of, of, of yeah. a burden of, of responsibility that is really crucial mm -hmm. for us to survive as, as independent agents versus going out on our own and carrying that another mm -hmm. layer of responsibility that could mm -hmm. crush you. Mm -hmm. So your point. question again was more about somebody coming into the industry? If they or? were to come into the industry, what advice would you give them to do something differently? That maybe maybe you started out and you wish you would have known this when you first started Yeah, out. and technology. I mean, we were just talking about oh, that yeah. jokingly earlier. It's like when mm. I started, we were faxing paperwork, you yeah. know? And, and there was no, barely even email. I know, right. And yeah. so that that's, it's it's so far removed from where we are today mm -hmm. to listen to how you guys said, hey, if you, if you put something out there, it's working for you seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, that's not just a cold call. That's not picking up the phone. That's what I started doing. So yeah, yeah somebody coming into it now, it's, it, it would be, it'd be a different, it'd be a different thing. Different uh, investment, probably more yeah. on the, the content sure. side and prioritizing that instead of making those hundred cold calls a exactly. day. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, that's probably, you know, mm -hmm. Tony and I were talking about that. It's like hiring people now, that are maybe younger, savvier, that know how to do that stuff. It's natural to them to, you know, work from that place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, that's, I, I think they probably teach me more than I can teach them at yeah. this point. <laughs> so. Become a Netflix instead of a blockbuster. Right. There right. you go. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. That's a great analogy. And, yeah. and what, what piece of advice would you give somebody coming into the game? Um, for me, as far as like choosing an agency, I would say to, to look at, you know, a lot of people come into this business because of the financial ability, mm -hmm. but it's not just the financial standpoint. It's, you know, who's got your back, who's going to be there, who's going to support you how easy is it is to use their system? Um, you know, how much free time do they allow you to just do what you do best, which is, you know, the relationships with your customers and the relationships with your carriers and moving the freight versus worrying about so much about a claim or accounts receivable or payable. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's just a lot more than, than the money part. It's the overall lifestyle part like how much free time are they going to allow you to be able to take a vacation, mm -hmm. take a day off or, you know, it's, it's, it's using the power of the network. Exactly. And, and I think that that that's where the, the common theme, of your every, options. you know, all of your points is, is mm -hmm. really the power of the network technology and communication yeah. mm -hmm. to being able to, to do what you do best. All right. Well, where can folks uh, follow Absolutely. more of your work? We'll start with you. What's that now? Where can oh. folks follow more of your work? Your company website, uh, social media channels? I don't or, have or any you... of it. None of it. <laughs> well, we got to work on that. that I know. Different. That's just it. It's like, I'm listening to you guys going, whoa. <laughs> I got to get with the program. <laughs> well, at least tell people your business name. So then that way, or tell them again where, where they oh, can maybe I'm, Google. I'm, and... <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> look up my name, Rod Clark. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook. No, uh, to be continued. <laughs> Well, we'll add that in at a later date. Yeah. We'll, we'll splice that in maybe later on after we get them hooked up. Edit, edit. All right, what about you, Pamela? It's um, PLM Logistics, and um, I have a Facebook page that's kind of tied to Armstrong. So um, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm yeah. so like old school. I just, people just know me, and I get, I get 
business leads from other people referrals, that have used yeah. me referrals. Yeah. And so, time. yeah, it, it really is, but I definitely uh, need to look up and start doing a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> myself. <laughs> and what about you? Uh, a bound transport. And here again, relying on my, my two boys that, uh, in fact, just this last week, my son, TJ, we just mentioned about how he could, he did some tweaking on our website. And, oh. and by golly, nice. you've got a website. That's awesome. Wow. I didn't know it either. <laughs> <laughs> some new things they learned. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll chat uh, with Tony or uh, TJ later on. <laughs> yeah, get some pointers. Well, I appreciate all of your time today and Absolutely. your perspective. Um, glad to hear that sort of a more of a deeper dive into what makes what drives those agent decisions on on who you go with and, and why or why not you make those decisions. So, so mm -hmm. thank you again for your time today. Thanks, buddy. Our pleasure. Thank, you. All right. thank you. Hope you all enjoyed that conversation from the agent side of things. And now, as I alluded to earlier in the show, we're going to get it from the company side of things. And this interview for me personally is a long time coming. And I say that because the interview is with the CEO of Armstrong Transport Group, who happens to be Brian Mann, who happens to be someone that I worked with more than a decade ago at a 3PL here in Jacksonville, Florida. We were we worked at a company that was in business for about five years before it unfortunately uh, for uh, it, unfortunately, for lack of a better phrase, it crashed and burned. Uh, it was uh, something that was really heartbreaking to be a part of because I think with any company, and, I, and I'm sure many folks who who work in freight know this, that you, you whenever you work for a company, you put your heart and soul into it. And when that company closes, it's just a dramatic just shift in how you in how you perceive the industry as a whole and it really led to personally me questioning if I ever wanted to work in logistics again I eventually came back and and worked for a 4PL just about a year and a half after that company had closed but it was a, it was a period of time where I wasn't sure if I was ever going to work in freight again and now to see where both of our careers have gone off to me, you know, hosting a show cyberly on freight waves, and then him, the CEO of a, a major transportation group. It's it's incredible to see where failure can lead you to and where experiencing that that I guess a traumatic event such as a company closing and how you can take that those lessons that are learned and then operate those in your own business down the line. It, it, it's a lesson in that both Brian and I ha have learned the hard way. So we're going to get it from that personal perspective. And then we're also going to talk about from the company perspective, especially on the agent side of things, how he's building a company that agents can trust to be a part of through technology, through communication, and through education, which is why everyone was at the Armstrong event to begin with, is to further that education and to bring everybody together in order to celebrate or to, to really celebrate being together after, you know, such a tumultuous, tumultuous year, if I can even speak correctly. But it's a great conversation. It's a great interview. So I hope you all enjoy. Welcome into another episode of Cyberly Hits the Road. You've likely heard from the agents so far, but now we're going to talk with the CEO of Armstrong Transport Group, Brian Mann. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina for the annual agent conference. How does it feel to be back around your people again? It's, it's excellent. So going through the year of COVID, it set us back and uh, it's really nice to bring the people back together because the important part for us is we want to see our people. We want them to feel like everything's real again. Um, so having them here and having the guest speakers even come made my day. So, and and uh, with a lot of the talks, one of the things that that resonated the most with me because we're we're both from Jacksonville, Florida. We have a history of working together yep. years ago, and now to sort of see our careers take off in, in different mm -hmm. trajectories, you're still kind of tied back to Jacksonville, especially from the Orlando aspect and the yeah. Disney aspect. So yeah. when you drop this quote. Um, from Walt Disney, and you said, we keep moving forward, opening new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Why did you want to include a Disney quote? So Walt Disney has always been like, the mentor that started. Everybody's got their, you know, person of how did you get here and who did you believe in? Who are your heroes? Um, everybody always goes to one, but I've always said I have so many heroes and Walt Disney was mine because think about it. The person took a piece of dirt and an idea out of a garage and said, I'm going to create something wonderful. Nobody believed in him. Everybody shot him down and he did it. And he made such a spectacular thing. 
every one of us in our lifetime has dreamed of a Disney movie, being a princess or a prince. Um, everyone in our lifetime has also been to a park or wanted to go to the park and experience the magic. So when I started building my company, I said, I want to figure out how to build some of that magic mm -hmm. for people and go forward. And also when you think about that quote, if we stop growing, any anybody stops growing, I always say they start dying. Mm -hmm. My big thing is we always have to be curious, figure out how to continue to grow and find new verticals to make sure that we're going forward. I love that. It, and it's, it, it sort of encompasses the, the annual agent conference that you mm -hmm. guys have every year. This is your sixth year doing it, mm -hmm. 15 years in business. Why did you want to, it feels like education is a central part of mm -hmm. these meetups. And it, after talking to your agents, it feels like this is the only time they can have that continued education. Why is education such an important uh, aspect of these conferences? So coming from the logistics market and from Jacksonville, I take some of the companies we had there. Um, we have some old school intermodal companies, I won't say names, but they become so stagnant. We even have one of the largest trucking companies there technology and training became stagnant and they just became a brand. Your brand is powerful, but your brand's only as good as the education you put behind it. If you don't educate your people and your agents or your employees how to continue to strive and set small goals and achieve those small goals, they just sit there and become stagnant and they don't want more. You have to drive humans to want more and to gain more power, education, wealth. So that's what's powerful for us. We bring our agents in and we teach them not just how to be the best logistics professional, but to also give back and do more and to strive for the sky. Mm. Um, everybody always sits there and says, well, if I ever did this, I would be satisfied in life. But are we ever really satisfied? No. I mean, look at your career. You're doing wonderful. And I've always been like following your career saying, I'm so proud of what she's done. But you know what? You're here. And I know you're going to get way up here. Yeah, <laughs> it it's, just doesn't stop. It's yeah. like once you reach a certain level, it's like, OK, well, I want to go that much further. Yeah. So I'm, you keep challenging yourself. Absolutely. And I, even myself, you know, I've, I've reached the top of what I thought I was going to do. I set these goals. I was like, you know, if I ever get to 100 million dollars, I'm, I'm good. Then I said, well, if I ever get to 250 million dollars, I'm really good. Got to 500. I was like, you know what? Let's go to a billion. And now we're like about to eclipse a billion. And I said, let's get to two or three. And but it came back not just to revenue goals. I saw how many people I was able to change their lives. Mm. I added careers for people. These were people that might have thought they would never achieve, but just at making a thirty thousand dollars salary a year. And I have people making real money mm. and also taking their careers to the next level with education, becoming management. As you can see today, I took somebody that was my HR manager, and she's now my chief marketing officer. We believe in escalating people to the dreams that they want to achieve, and we help them get there. Mm. I do that with agents, I do that with employees. And I also take people and say, take a step back and stop thinking about you can only reach this level. Let's set small goals so you can get a little bit further up. And education is truly the purpose behind that. And, and I, I sing the praises of, of education. I, I think that that is something that is a little bit difficult to build into your day, but it's so important to, to come to events like this in order mm -hmm. to keep growing and keep mm -hmm. networking with people. And, and one of the things that I think that, that really stood out to me is a lot of the agents that you guys have brought on have been at other companies where they failed. Yep. And we've been in a situation where a company where we worked at and it mm -hmm. was as heartbreaking as it was that that failed. But ultimately, it was the best thing to ever happen to us mm -hmm. because it led us into other, these other directions. How are you resonating with the people that have experienced that and, and sort of guiding them through that, hey, there is light at the end of the tunnel? Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing I always tell people whenever I talk to any new prospect or any employee, I tell them I've seen the bottom. I've seen the top. At a young age, I was really booming. People were like, this guy's really got something. And then we saw the bottom. Well, what everybody forgets when you see the bottom, you can't go any further down. <laughs> so what you do is you take those experiences and just because it's a negative experience, that's education. I know now and I teach everybody when you hit rock bottom, what mistakes did you make or did somebody else make? And how can you make sure you never make those mistakes again? And I do that every day in my life. I make sure I wake up with a positive attitude. You know, when it rains, everybody's always like, well, it's raining outside. Ah, my grass is being watered. This is pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, so I always look at everything. I try to turn a positive on it. Uh, the negatives are only life lessons. Remember, the failures are life lessons. And if you just take those failures and you take them inside and know that you can continue to grow from them, it'll turn out to be, be success. 
Um, Armstrong, what we've done with the people who have gone to other companies and failed, we bring them in and say, we're going to build you the easiest path to success. We're going to give you the best technology possible. We own it. We're going to give you a voice in teaching you how to be a voice in what do you want. Tell us. We're going to build it out for you. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to help you set small goals. Do you want to add people? Do you want to have brick and mortar? Do you want to have a branding? Well, we're going to give you the resources to do that. As you saw today, we're bringing in third parties, not just us, to help educate, start branding, and give them more. And then, so with all of that said, are there any things that you've learned from the, the failures of other companies that you are now today, like I am, that, that is something I'll never do? Absolutely. So that is the most important thing about education as well. You look at all your competitors and it's a small world. I always say that, you know, and behind closed doors, we're like, oh, we hope that person doesn't get that done or do that. But when we come together, we're, we're actually working towards the same goal. So I took the failures I went through and others went through and we document and we pay, put case studies on them. Mm -hmm. And that's the best part about Armstrong. We keep track of what's going on when a company fails, what happened. We speak to the owners of the companies a lot of times um, when network FOB went down. I was on the phone with Jim and Tim and everybody saying, hey, what are the problems? Where did you go wrong? And how I, actually before they failed, how can I step in and maybe help you? And we tried. We actually tried to help them out of the mess because a failure of a company going down out of business, it doesn't hurt just them. It hurts the entire network. And so we're there trying to say, hey, carriers, everything's okay. Hey, shippers, everything's okay. We're stable. We're secure. So my goal was when I saw failures, like when we went through it, I reinvest every dollar back in the company. It's a powerful statement. I make sure we're debt free. I make sure that we're having fun, though. I make sure my people are growing. I make sure that my people are taken care of. You know, you take COVID, I said it during our event. We didn't fire a person. We didn't reduce pay. We gave raises. We hired people. I gave bonuses. Everybody was like, this is a shock. We had a 22% increase in our insurance. I ate it every, every penny of it. And I said, because if our people feel safe and they know the mistakes aren't going to be made, they're going to work even harder for us. And they did. So. And I think that, that that brings up my next question, because what you mentioned yesterday is especially post-COVID or we're kind of in it still, it's never going to go away mm -hmm. um, from a working perspective, yeah. but you have to be flexible now with uh, people working from home, people mm -hmm. working remote, uh, people who want to work in the office, but your brokerage team actually chose to go back in the office voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that situation, how they came to that decision. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty incredible, actually. I was really proud that they came to the decision. It wasn't me. Um, so with all of our other teams, our tech, our accounting, they're still on this hybrid schedule, work a couple days a week, a couple days in the office, and we're okay with that. We have the technology, it's ours, and we can see the productivity. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're doing your job, why can't you pay that person still? So we're participate, participating in that. Um, the brokers team, so they started working away from home, and they realized they missed the energy, the passion, the drive, the support. Because when you're at home sometimes, you've got a TV on in the background and you get you know, steered away from that focus. So they all really did it on their own. They said, you know what, we're going to get back in the office. We're going to really work this out and we're going to focus. And it's crazy enough because they did that and they came up to the decision on their own, they grew. And now all of them are really happy that the, the team really became a family. And that was the important thing I wanted them to realize because we are a family. I always tell people I spend more time with the people at work than I do my actual family. So how, how do you make success? Make sure that they know that you care and that you will treat them as family and you won't fail them. And failures to your family, that's where it hurts hard. So this is our family and we make sure our agent world as well. Think about it, we've been built for remote since the day I started this company with Chris Cobb. He was the founder, I came in in 2014. We said, we wanna make sure everybody can be remote and work in Bali or wherever they wanna do it. We had an agent in Germany forever. Mm -hmm. Now the, the swing of nights and days, I'm sure it was confusing, mm -hmm. but we've done that. We have agents right now actually in uh, Russia and uh, all, all oh, over. Wow. Yeah, and they are successful because mm -hmm. they're just doing the job and they're enjoying it. So wherever you wanna work, do that. But we're gonna give you the tools to be successful. You want more energy? Yeah, our brokers came in and they, they cranked it out and it's been fun. And so leading up to the last couple of questions that we have, what are some of the things that you're thinking about today that you weren't thinking about 12 months ago? Okay. Um, so today, more of my thought process goes back into the tech side. 
Uh, logistics companies, they have to get ahead of the technology and they've got to put a full pledge like, hey, this is the most important thing to me. Marketing was something that we weren't thinking of back in 12 months ago. We thought, well, we'll just be the traditional brokerage and we just do what we do. We'll send emails, we'll make a bad website and we won't make videos. But now we're making, you know, it's like, hey, we got to have videographer. We have to make these videos. We maybe have to start a podcast to stay really in it. Um, I always tell people all the time, I was like, man, I don't want to sit in front of a microphone all the time because I just don't know if I have enough content to talk about. Well, I've learned I can talk about pretty much anything. Right. So, it's so easy to just sit down and have a conversation. It's absolutely. just mics in front of you. That's, that's the only difference. Absolutely. So it's powerful when you think about the new digital media. That's where things are going. Technology, digital marketing, and just figuring out how you can create the best customer service package for everybody. And it's, it's, that's success. How did you guys come to the decision of where you wanted to focus your marketing efforts? You, you mentioned, you know, hiring somebody from a video perspective, uh, investing more in the blog, I think, is that you guys have a great newsletter that gets sent out. How are you prioritizing your marketing goals? So really what we did is we weren't afraid to reach out to the third party professionals like you and others <laughs> and say, what can we do to really up our up the ante? Um, and they gave us a baseline. And then we took the baseline and said, all right, well, this is too much right now. Let's focus on one area. And we did that. Um, and then we said, okay, let's tackle the next area. And that made it exciting for us because we we're like, okay, we're, we're actually getting good at this. Uh, but, you know, let's not get boring about it. Let's, let's take on the next challenge. Um, so it actually helped us understand how to organize and be streamlined with things. Um, and we're still doing that. You know, I, I'm never afraid, afraid of the third parties. I don't think I can do it all on my own. Um, when it came to video, that was a big step. And of course, you know, I bring in uh, Greg, who's my new trainer. And he had some videographer experience. He says, well, if you want people to come do video for you, here's all the equipment you need. And I said, you know, that investment is going to pay back tenfold if I just do it. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, anybody that's known me, I jump in both feet first because I'm, I'm more of a risk taker because I've been at the bottom. So I'm like, you know what? Worst case scenario, this bad idea, I hit rock bottom. I learn from mistakes and I move forward. It's house money at that point. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And so with your 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 evolution of, of the agent program and, and out here recruiting different people to join mm -hmm. the, the, the company is, I would say the common themes of what I've heard throughout the conference is really technology mm -hmm. and then communication is mm -hmm. what I'm hearing from other agents. Mm -hmm. How are you selling those things to potential agents in the future? So I'm giving them a voice. Mm -hmm. um, that's the big thing where a lot of companies just they they misrepresent or don't understand. It's not me who should decide their fate. It's everybody should have a voice. Um, my company is flatlined. I have an ongoing joke. I tell people when they ask me, I'm the vice president of janitorial services. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here to do whatever it needs. I'll sweep the floors. Um, so now whenever we do projects in technology or marketing, we actually bring our agents in as case studies and we say, who wants to volunteer and give us some, some of their insight? We actually allow them to help us with our you know, next level items and say, okay, how should it flow? Giving them a voice made them a partner right there. Um, and the other thing is, it's just, you know, making sure the agents understand we train them on the education we're putting out. A lot of people think just putting modules out that they're just that they're doing their job. No, you have to explain what those modules mean and what it's going to do whenever you go to the next level. And that's what's made success. And so with with obviously the, the success of your company and, and the pathway that you're moving towards, what are some things that that are on the horizon for, for Armstrong that, that you're looking forward to the most? I know you guys shared some some, you know, sort of a roadmap to success. Yeah. Um, what can you share with the, the audience of, of where you where you're wanting to go with yeah. Armstrong? Absolutely. So LTL is our next big wave. We're really good at truckload. In fact, I think we are one of the best at it. Um, we've got intermodal, you know, we're really thinking about either do we buy an IMC or do we recreate the mode, um, freight forwarding, air forwarding, that's something that's going to be exciting. Canada is open for us now. We're international and we're going to look at Mexico, um, look overseas, whatever we have to do. Um, something that I really want to focus on too is just how can I become the next level thing? Our technology is really good. Do I sit there and hand it out to the smaller brokers and lease it out? Do I become a technology company? I will sell people. I am no, no longer just a logistics company. I'm going to become a technology company because in order to survive, you have to play in the tech world. In order to survive, you have to play in digital media. And it's all technology. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I love it. So where can people follow you, follow more of your work? I know you're more active on LinkedIn yeah. now. Yeah, where can folks yeah. follow you? Yeah, so on LinkedIn, absolutely. Go to Armstrong Transport, follow our page. 
Um, we do, we're getting finally into the Twitter age or the Instagram age. Um, you know, just come to our website, visit us, and don't be afraid to give us suggestions because Armstrong. All right. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this special episode of Cyberly Hits the Road, where we talked about what makes for a successful freight agent. And if you notice a little bit of a difference in production value between this week's show and the previous week's show, you can thank Greg over at Round 7 Productions. He was the on-site production crew at the Armstrong event, and I approached him. I had my own equipment that I have used. Equipment, I use the, the phrase loosely because I was recording many of these interviews using an iPhone 7 and an iPhone 11, which can work in theory. But when you see the difference in production value between something like what Greg can provide and what somebody like me, who is just a creator, not necessarily a video production expert like Greg is, you, you can see the night and day difference. So a word of advice to anybody who is considering hosting an event in the future or a conference in the future um, is to hire an on-site video production crew and then to also let them kind of have free reign. In, in helping creators like myself, I'm going to selfishly pitch this because it really, it really helped it go a long way to have that equipment on site, to not have to worry about professional lighting and audio and video. All of those things were covered. I could just focus on talking to the guests and getting the best amount of or, or the best quality of content and best quality of discussions out of it. So, so shout out to Greg. I cannot sing his praises enough. So next week, we actually have the conclusion to this On the Road series before we're back with the regularly scheduled programming of the typical Cyberly show that many of you have become accustomed to. But next week, we're going out with a bang because we've blended the Ignite event and the Armstrong event with interviews from both. First up from the Ignite event, Burns Logistics, Big Ed and his son, Ed Jr., both joined the show to talk about you know the, the, the challenges of running a business you know, between family, a, a lot of freight businesses are, you know, operated through family. And, and this is a perfect example of how that approach can work out for the better. And, and that is a, a great conversation, a great interview. If you haven't connected with, with either of those two gentlemen, I highly recommend it, but they're going to be on the show. And then also we have on the show, any special two part discussion is Chris Jolly, the freight coach. He was at the Armstrong event and I got a chance to, to sit down with him in a two-part discussion because 15 minutes just isn't enough in order to get all of the, the, the juicy goodness that of the perspective that he has to share. So I hope you guys will join us next week in order to catch the conclusion of that show. But until then, I'm your host, Blythe Brumley, owner of Digital Dispatch, and I will see y'all real soon. <laughs>